Hey guys, this is Alana, and you are listening to the Praying Christian Women podcast. It's a Friday, and we're over halfway through April already. Jamie, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm pretty good. So if you guys have a discerning ear, it's a little bit different setup. So I don't know if the sound quality is going to be like amazing. Probably most people won't notice, but my kids are upstairs. This is stuff on Friday mornings. They do Google Hangouts with some friends and they do like board games for hours and hours. So I don't have my usual setup because they're using my office and the webcam and things like that, but I'm still glad that they get that time. Yeah, that's really nice. And you know, I mean, we are, uh, I know, I know that most of our listeners are going to be really critical of our sound discrepancies. Absolutely. I know we've got a lot of professional like audio mixers in the group. So we do apologize to those of you who are audio mixers. So and there's haters, the name haters in general. That's right. That's right. We get some of those on YouTube. So how about this? If you guys are a hater, go ahead and just switch over to the YouTube channel, which for <laughs> luckily today we're not recording video anyway, so we don't have to worry about. And of course we're being completely facetious. We have like the best, the best listeners and supporters ever, but actually YouTube, it is quite comical. Like some of the YouTube Hater it's just comments. like spam comments. Yeah, yeah like spam comments. Actually, listen to the show. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just what was the one I had to send it to you because they get devil women. People, <laughs> yes, oh. so they're like, there's no such thing as a biblical Christian women, and really, it was like this. It was this totally misogynistic. Like, no woman truly understands the Bible's rules about how women's supposed to act. It was by this dude. Like, it was yeah, it was funny. It got us a good laugh. It did. You know, from my end, and I don't know about your end, like I see the YouTube comments. Most of the other comments go right to you. I haven't ever gotten anything like incendiary as in like you guys said this and I hated it or or anything. Neither have I other than I think there have been there have been three YouTube comments and I'm actually mm-hmm, shocked because mm-hmm. when we started this, I remember having a conversation with God about. Lord, you know that I'm thin-skinned, and when you put right. yourself out there, you're opening yourself mm-hmm. up to, you know, the naysayers and the haters, and, mm-hmm. you know, and we've not gotten much of that at all. It's all been laughable stuff. It None of it has it been. It really has been. Yeah, like you've, you've uh, misrepresented God or, you know, mm-hmm. you're horrible mm-hmm. people. So or thank I don't you all like for that. your Baby Yoda Zoom background. I think Baby Yoda is the Antichrist. We haven't even gotten any negative Baby Yoda comments. How could you? How could you hate Baby Yoda? He's so cute. Just look at those <laughs> eyes. I know. <laughs> so there's this scene where one of the stormtroopers has to like punch baby Yoda like you don't see him punch baby Yoda because baby Yoda is in a bag but the stormtrooper has to like punch him in the bag squeals and it's like this terrible horrible thing but I guess like the actor himself started getting like hate mail and being like how could you hurt baby Yoda I'm gonna find you wow that is extreme well people take baby Yoda seriously (laughs) yes well I'll have to admit when um so we've watched the Mandalorian series twice now and Mm -hmm. The first time there's a scene where you think that Baby Yoda's been killed, and it turns out that he hasn't. And Spoilers. I, come on, Jamie. <laughs> well, but it's vague, you know. Like, no, I, I know, I yeah. know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I should have said spoiler alert. Okay, um, but I like 
had a physical and verbal response both times, even though the second time I knew that he was okay. I actually like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. emitted this like, no, <laughs> I know. I know. I think the reason like what baby Yoda does is he draws like maternally minded kind of middle-aged women like you and me into <laughs> star Wars. Like I've never cared at all about star Wars. I sort of kind of like rogue one and everything else I really dislike. But like baby Yoda, yeah, he's, he's adorable. And he, for for sure, he brings out that maternal, maternal side of anybody. He does. I think what they were trying to do with Jar Jar Binks in episodes one and two or one, two and three, Uh um, and, and in my opinion, failed miserably, um, you know, trying to put this cute, likable, goofy character that might appeal Uh, to kids and, you know. Oh, is that what he was for? Uh I don't know. I just sort of assumed that, like, why else would he be there? You know, why else would Mm -hmm. they have done that? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting passionate about Jar Jar because I don't care for him. He raises a lot of passion. So how about this for people who um, don't care about Star Wars, but who are interested in a really fun family form of entertainment? Our kids and I, uh, we just finished watching the Lego Masters series. Have you watched it or do you know about it? What is that? Is that? No, I don't know what that is. It is super fun. So it's a competition show. We watch it on Hulu. So it's this competition show where they bring in, I think they start with 12 teams of two and it's all about like Lego building competitions, but these are like adults, professional level. Oh my goodness. Super creative. They get into robotics and just gorgeous artwork and it's all built out of Lego. It's hosted by the actor. I think he's the voice of like Batman in the Lego movies. It's really fun. Oh, my kids would love that. We just watched the finale yesterday and it was really, really fun. Is who, okay, so I'm my technological de- deficiencies. Kind of like, <laughs> I know of what like Hulu Netflix is. Netflix for cable shows. Yeah. Okay, so do you have to subscribe? Is it like a subscription thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, but we I think into that because there's another Hulu yeah. show someone recommended that I was like, I don't know what that is. So yeah, we'll price to... wise, it's similar to like a Netflix or something. But our kids okay. had so much fun. Oh, it was to the point. So basically, like we've been watching it not quite live, but like I think Wednesday was um, like two days ago was the earliest you could have seen the very last episode. We watched it yesterday morning. So we get it, we really followed it pretty closely and got really into it. It was cool. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. And it's yeah. sort of fun to watch just these pre-quarantine things, you know, it's like, here's a bunch of people. <laughs> and like, this wasn't recorded too long ago. You know what I mean? Because the finale just aired a couple days ago, but obviously it was recorded before the pandemic and all of that. But so it's it's cool to watch just from the creativity side of it and stuff like that. But there's also like I sound so silly, like there's almost a nostalgia to it <laughs> from way back five weeks ago when people could be in the same room. <laughs> Isn't it funny how that feels? I I can't yeah. I mean it's like you see yeah. certain things and and there is, it's like, oh, that was the world before. This is the world. I know now. every once in a while, like it, it not quite to where like I get teary eyed, but I feel that same sort of just emotional moving when I see like big groups or reunions or, you know, like just silly things that three months ago wouldn't, I wouldn't have even thought about. Yeah. It's yeah, interesting. Absolutely. Well, um, 
oh, I had something I was going to say, and it was actually interesting, and I and I totally lost it. I mean, it just like that, it flew out of my mind. It was like a I know modal... I've been storing up like <laughs> snippets. Okay, I've got one that I've been storing up to talk oh, about. Oh, good, tell me. Okay, so I saw this headline, and basically, I want to give I want to give the spoiler first. Basically, I want to complain about this headline. So it said something like pastor who last week claims that God is bigger than a pandemic dies from COVID-19. And like when you read just that headline, tell me the story that you picture in your mind. Okay. Um, I would picture if I see that, I would, I would, you know, be led to believe that he was actively encouraging people to be risky because they were mm-hmm, immune mm-hmm. to COVID-19 exactly. if they were believers. Almost like a snake handler, right? Yep, like, yep. It would be the same, the exact same response as if you saw a headline, you know, like snake handling pastor dies from venomous snake bite. Okay, so I fell into the trap and clicked on this headline. And really all it was, was it was this pastor who a couple of weeks ago said, I'm not scared to die because I know God's bigger than COVID-19. And sadly, he's died from COVID-19. Like, there was nothing more to the story. Yeah, that is that is so frustrating because it does paint a picture that, you know, he didn't say God is going to protect everyone. He just said God is bigger right. and amen. And right yeah. now he's experiencing exactly. that reality. Which is totally true. Yeah, God is bigger than COVID-19. He's not guaranteeing that people aren't going to die from it. So I was just kind of mad at the headline for kind of misrepresenting because I know there are some, I, you know, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm sure just knowing what I know about the church today, I know there are some Christians and some pastors who are kind of laughing in the face of this and saying, this can't touch me. You know, God is bigger and therefore I'm immune. And that's, that is an unwise, you know, that's the same thing as like picking up a venomous snake just to prove that it's not going to harm you or something. So that was, yeah, I have nothing more to it other than I had stored that in my head to, to kind of have a chat about. I'm doing that all the time. Like I need to bring this up to Jamie next time we talk. I know. I think of that. And I think a couple of them slipped through the cracks that I had wanted to talk about in the days that we didn't record because I was I know, just, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Well, I've got one more if you haven't remembered yours yet. No, I haven't. And I feel like this one's going to be a goner. So go okay. ahead. <laughs> okay. So I read an article yesterday about a 99-year-old man that I like guarantee you is my male 99-year-old version of me. Okay. So this guy has been recovering from... A, it just said a hip surgery. I don't know if that means hip replacement or what, but he was encouraged to do some moderate exercise in as much as he could to help recover. And based on how the story read, it sounds like this happened quite a, quite a while ago before everything shut down. And so he decided with his family to kind of keep himself incentivized. He was going to pace around his garden and he was going to try to get to a hundred laps before he reached his 100th birthday. And as an added incentive, he was going to try to raise funds. So basically, it was kind of like a walkathon, right? So Aww. he wanted to raise $1,000. I don't remember what charity or organization it was being donated to. But because of the pandemic and just, you know, just that um, sweet spot of everything 
lining up at once, his story went viral and he ended up raising millions of dollars. And he just finished his hundredth lap like a couple of weeks before his hundredth birthday. And the picture it showed, he's in the UK and it showed this like almost British honor guard, like, and they were all 10 or 12 feet apart, but they were like lining up to salute him oh. as he did this final lap. And like what I love about, I love everything about the story. Okay. So he's in his garden, he's pacing. Every single thing about it. It was so cool to read. Oh, that is so neat. That is really yeah. cool. I love, I love stories like that where, you know, people are, you know, someone like that just proves to all the rest of us that everybody can make a difference. Everybody can, mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. set goals and achieve them. And exactly. Yeah. yeah. So heartwarming. So my, my grandpa, uh, he, he's recently turned 97 and he comes like, it's, it, I don't want to say it's funny, but it, it kind of is funny. So like everybody on that side of the family, that's my Japanese American side of the family. Like if you, if you die like younger than 90, you die young and wow. <laughs> you're just as likely to reach a hundred as not. And, um, both he and my grandma have like lots of siblings, like, you know, six, eight, lots and lots of siblings. And basically like the, um, the one, so these would be my great aunts and uncles, the one who died young died at 68 and he died like in a bike accident or something like it, it had nothing to do with health, you know, being health related. Right. So all that to say, like my brother and I joke, like if we don't live to a hundred, we've really like, I, I almost feel we joke about it, but I almost feel this weight to, you know, kind of like to, to him who has been given much, much will be demanded. But um, anyway, I want to tell a funny story about my grandpa when he was 95. Did I tell, I think I told you the story about him climbing the orange tree, right? Yes. I love that yeah, story. Yeah. Okay. So he's like, it's even at 97, he's trying to climb his orange tree and trying not to let my grandma know about it. But so when he was 95, he had a knee replaced and I called him like maybe four weeks later, asked, you know, how's the recovery going? And he says, yeah, not as good as I would have hoped. So I said, oh, really? Like, are you using a walker or do you need a wheelchair or what's going on? And he says, no, I'm still walking half a mile a day. I just want to get back to walking a mile a day. (laughs) I love it. So this is why, and this, you know, I mean, it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Is it genetics or is it something he's doing? And, Mm -hmm. but I mean, the fact that he's walking a mile a day, I mean, like that's, that's crazy. That's just, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. We need to Mm -hmm. learn from that. For sure. Yeah. No, I, I love all of my grandpa's stories like that. We went to visit him. We brought the kids. So this was right around his 95th birthday. And I asked him, we were eating, it was just him and my grandma and my family. And I said, you know, I kind of wanted my kids to get to know him. Like this is their one chance to talk to somebody who's, you know, lived since I I forget the year he's born and I'd have to do math in my head, but you know, like he's lived a long time and he's seen a lot. (laughs) So I start by saying, okay, grandpa, tell us your earliest memory. He laughs and he Hey, that was totally my fault. I got kicked off Zoom. Um, so what I was saying, we asked my grandpa, like, what's your earliest memory? And he turns to me and he's like, oh, that's too far back to remember. And so I'm like, yeah, but that's not helpful. Like, that's kind of the point. Like, how far back do you remember? <laughs> that's too far back to remember. 
Uh, it was adorable. Well, so I think of, you know, like we just watched the Lord of the Rings. We did like a Lord of the Rings marathon. We did that we, too. We did Hobbit <laughs> all the way through the last one. And, you know, there's the point where Gandalf comes back as Gandalf the White and he's, right. you know, like fought with the Balrog and he basically goes to kind of the equivalent, I guess, of heaven and then kind of gets sent back. I mean, it's not heaven. I could see it. I could see you making the parallel. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, he, he basically, but he says like every day was like a, like a lifetime, like an age of the earth, you know, in, in Hobbit world and, or in, in middle earth. And Mm -hmm. so he has basically existed consciously for millennia. And then Mm -hmm. he comes back to their world and he doesn't even remember, he vague, only vaguely remembers the name that he had been called. Oh, right, right. Gandalf. Yeah, they but, used to call me that. But mm-hmm. yeah, so it just makes me think about, you know, someone that's lived, obviously, a hundred years isn't mm-hmm. that same equivalent. But, you, mm-hmm. you know, do you get to the, I mean, just when you think of the relative memories and, you know, do you get to the point where you're, do you not remember as far back? Like, there are memories that I have that I don't picture forgetting but maybe by the time I'm a hundred, if I live that long, I will do those memories go away or is it as long as you look at the pictures or think of the things in your mind regularly, like, is that always going to be a memory or? Yeah. Or sometimes I don't know if I remember something or if I just remember remembering something, you know? Right. Is it like a carbon copy? So I've had experiences where I've had memories that I am certain I remember correctly. And then I'll mm-hmm. discover an old journal or a picture and I'll think, oh, that's interesting. I didn't remember that correctly. And it'll Oh, correct. I know. Yeah. Or sometimes there are things that like our kids think happened to them, but I know happened to one of their siblings, but in their memory, it happened to them. Or um, it even happened with Scott and me. Like, basically, I transferred a memory to my husband. (laughs) And so, like, there was this goofy song that I learned in, like, a junior high church camp that I vividly remember teaching to him. I'm like, yeah, look at this goofy, goofy song I learned at junior high church camp. Like, I have the exact memory of the conference where we learned it. I have the exact memory of teaching it to my husband. And in Scott's memory he learned that silly song at a junior high church camp and one of us is wrong and I think it's him, but who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have, when I picture in my mind, um, when I went to Kenya, I, um, I rode in the car on the way from Nairobi. I flew into Nairobi and then my hosts, the couple that was hosting me who lived in rural Kenya, um, in the Cario Valley, they drove to Nairobi picked me up and drove back to the house. And I have this vivid memory of having a conversation with them. And in my mind, the husband who was driving is in the driver's seat on the left side. And the wife is on the right side in the passenger seat. But I know that they drive on the right side. Like they're, they are the the (laughs) British. So the, the driver. Right, Right. So I just remember the day that that occurred to me and I thought, Oh, they were on opposite sides and he was driving on the left side of the road. Right. But in your mind, right. you picture him. Yeah. No, I yeah. totally get that. It was um, interesting. It's, it's super bizarre when you get into like um, witness memory and just how bad things get. Like I have firsthand experience with this. It was actually, a, it was a pretty scary experience. 
I was younger. My kids were like toddler age and we had a play date with a friend in her apartment complex and we pulled up and there's this couple fighting, like really, really loud fighting. And then as I saw it in my mind, he got in his car, he charged at her, he hit her leg with his car, then sped it off. And so I go to her, like, you know, as she's fallen, I'm like, are you okay? And I called 911. She, you know, said she was fine, blah, blah, blah. The, the police did like three different interviews with me and it really bugged me because they kept asking me the exact same thing. And I kept being like, I told you the first time, but finally it was that evening and they asked me for like the fifth time specifically. So you saw his car hit her, correct? And then I realized I did not see the impact. I just, I heard this, the tire squeal. I saw her on the ground. And I saw him speeding off. And in my brain, that turned into, oh my goodness, this guy just hit her with his car. Oh. But it took, they had to ask me like a dozen different times before I actually realized I did not specifically see the car hit her. And it wow. was really, really weird. Yeah, that is, that is really, yeah. Well, and it makes me wonder, I know people have like, repressed memories that through, mm -hmm. you know, counseling and things, they can have those come out. And I have always wondered, like, are those really real memories or are yeah. they suggested? It's hard to know. I know. Yeah. You've got to be super careful. I know there are some horrible court cases about people like getting enough. Um, like there's one, I'll just dive into it really quick and then we can get into more of the praying side of the show. But basically, yeah, I guess we've gotten terrible... way off on a tangent, haven't we? But it's really fun. So come on. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> if haters, if haters are going to hate, do it on YouTube. That's where we're used to seeing it. That's um, right. <laughs> this horrible crime happened. The police basically were clutching at straws and finally got this group of teens and through enough interviews, basically convinced these teens that they had done this horrible crime while they were like high or something that like that they had done this horrible crime. They even like put them through hypnosis and it came out years later. Like there is no way these people did this crime. But to this day, they have like nightmares that they've done this terrible thing. And it was all through the power of suggestion. And it's it's. It's very, it's scary and deplorable. And yeah, you've got to be really careful with that. Well, and one last thing on that note, there was a study that I remember reading about where they would put a bunch of people in a room at a table, like at a dinner party setting, and none of them really mm -hmm. knew each other. And they had, um, they served them non-alcoholic beer. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> and by the end, but they didn't tell them that. They, they didn't tell them. Yeah. And by the end of the night, uh, they had people acting drunk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they had not consumed any significant amount of alcohol. So. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not just like these people are stupid. Like your brain truly does react to these things, you know? So it's not, they're not pretending to be drunk. Like they truly do. Um, experience of that. It's, it's so interesting, just all of the studies about the mind and all of these really intricate things that God has created. Um, I had an experience where I was at a youth group 
like we had a bonfire and I was talking to a friend and this does relate to prayer. So this is going to be our segue. And I was only like, I, I was junior high. So I was still pretty young. And my friend had a memory of a suppressed trauma. And I was the first person she told about it. And it turns out her mom kind of had suspicions or maybe it was kind of like the Holy Spirit was telling her to pray for this. Like basically what the backstory was that same night, the mom was specifically praying, you know, if she's gone through something, please help her remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of a neat, a neat story of, of that because, you know, even memories that you don't remember still impact you for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And well, um, and I think it's, I think it's also a, just a testimony of the power of the Holy spirit to mm-hmm. free us from, or to allow us to rise up above circumstances in, in a different mm-hmm. facet, I guess. Um, it's more than mind over matter. I mean, I, right. I think on the flip side of that, like, um, I don't know. I don't know how this relates exactly, but on the flip side of that, when our minds do suggest negative things, like for instance, mm-hmm. I've, I've had experiences where I have struggled with anxiety that has manifested mm-hmm. physical symptoms. Right. Right. And, That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. And, um, and it doesn't make the symptoms not real. Your body mm-hmm. is responding, you know, and, For but sure. at the same yeah. time, I think that pretty soon after that, I, I experienced kind of a freedom from that. I think God opened That's my cool. eyes to the fact that it was my anxiety that was causing these symptoms. And once I realized that it healed my body and I don't mean that's cool. And now I don't want to try. I want to make it real clear that there are people that have real symptoms that are making them right. anxious. There are also right. people that right. have anxiety that just praying is not going to relieve that. In my case, it was mild enough that that was possible mm-hmm. or anyway, mm-hmm. I don't want to imply that you can just pray your anxiety pray away, away. Right. or pray away your symptoms either. Cause that's not always the case. But in that particular case, it was something mm-hmm. where, you know, kind of like, I think your friend had trauma that was affecting her and she didn't know it. And God shed light on the root yeah. of that trauma, which probably mm-hmm. freed her to heal in yes, the long term. For sure. For sure. And I think yeah. for me, having that anxiety induced symptoms, God revealing the fact that this is anxiety causing this, this is in your mind, that mm-hmm. opened the door. It shed light and shed truth into my thinking, into my perception of what was going on. Yeah. And it, it allowed me to move forward in healing. So definitely. Yeah. I've got, um, I've got a couple different like homeopathic immunity types of things that if I feel I'm getting a cold or something, I'll go through. And my husband, you know, he's much more just kind of black and white fact is facts, you know? And so he'll be like, you know, that these are just placebos, right? Like there is no benefit to this whatsoever. And my response always is like a placebo response is still a real response. Like, so it's kind of like, <laughs> okay, even if it is a placebo, like I, I might make some listeners mad, like some of them make logical sense. Like I'll gargle with um, 50% water, 50% like a diluted peroxide solution. And you know, like if you've got germs in the back of your throat, the peroxide's going to kill them. It's like some of them, like, yes, that does have scientific backing and you're not going to convince me otherwise. Others, like I've got a, um, 
I don't get into essential oils, but I do have the, like an immunity boosting blend. And my husband's always like, this is like, this is snake oil. This does nothing. And I'm like, you know what? Even if it's a placebo, a placebo is a real response. <laughs> well, there have been, yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there have definitely been connections between just feeling positive and thinking in a positive way mm-hmm. and your immune system being boosted. So for sure, for sure. And, you know, let's go ahead and go back to mm-hmm. prayer, like all of the health benefits of prayer and decreasing your anxiety. But again, it's more complex than just, yep, if you're feeling anxious, just pray. And then, you know, if you're not, if you're not cured from your anxiety, you're not praying well, like that's not what we're saying, but it is a good reminder, especially in this time. We've many of us have more time on our hands and many of us are more stressed than normal. What a perfect recipe to work on our prayer. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say it's going to come easy either. You know, like my, my prayer days are so up and down. I've had days where like, it's been just hours of communing with God and like intense mental focus and just this, like, this is exactly what I should be doing. Like, pandemic or not. And then there's days where like I spend 80% of my free time just playing stupid games on my phone and be like, well, where'd the day go? You know, so I, I don't want people to feel guilty, but I also want to encourage you, like, even if you can do like 5% better this week than you did last week, in terms of just your mental focus, your prayer time, your spiritual disciplines, like that's great. And then try to increase it again another 5% for the coming week and be be gentle with the down days. But um, yeah, that's kind of what I've been focusing on. Yeah, I like that perspective. And, you know, balancing the, hey, just be gentle with yourself. Like the other day when I was like, you know, I've been trying to just practically speaking, not even with prayer, but just practically speaking, I felt like I'm running through quicksand. I can't get anything done. Yeah. Sometimes your prayer life feels like that where you're just like, man, I'm I don't feel like I'm connecting with God. I don't feel like anything mm-hmm. is happening. And there might be times when, when you can just say, okay, it's, I, I'm not feeling it. Uh, I'm going to put in my time of prayer and, and offer that up as an offering. But yeah, there's time where you just, maybe you shouldn't just force it. Um, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But putting in the time and doing the disciplined work is going to build you up, whether you feel it or not. So don't give up yeah. on just putting in a little time and, and not trying to force the hours long intercession. Exactly. This, exactly. This, That's it, something you build up to. That's not yeah. something that you just decide to do one day. It's like a, it is a marathon. It is. And that's kind of a good segue into our verse of the day and our Ooh, segue away. Isn't that nice? Uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we kind of, I think that up? that's fabulous. No, that's yeah. great. Oh, I do want to tell you what I'm going to do as soon as we're done with our call. Yeah. So it's Friday morning. They are live streaming a, um, like the world premiere of a filmed performance of Phantom of the Opera. So I am super excited. That's what I'm going to dive into as soon as we wrap up. Where is that? Where do you find it? It's on YouTube. It's it's a YouTube channel called The Show Must Go On. And every single week they're putting out a new full length Broadway musical. So like if I had my choice of like one thing like that we keep after the pandemic ends, it would like 
literally be the fact that you can watch Broadway shows now without having to fly to New York. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to do that too. My kids love the Phantom of the Opera. and um, You want to have a, a, a Phantom of the Opera-a-thon with us? <laughs> we could. And the other thing is cats. I know that my daughter would love cats because she loves cats in general and uh-huh, uh-huh. will never own a cat. My husband is not a cat person. And so mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. loves cats though. And so I know cats was going to come out on the big screen. I don't know if it is still or if it has or what, <laughs> it came fit. out and it like nobody liked it uh, but maybe maybe a kid would I don't know no I'd I like never to loved see Broadway I'd like to see yeah. the Broadway rendition of it yeah in general I, I prefer the um like sometimes Broadway musicals are adapted for film and sometimes they just film the stage performance and I always prefer the stage performance me too to the you know the theatrical version yeah me too so yeah I'm excited that's what I'm going to be doing so all right well I might be doing that too (laughs) how fun well okay so our scripture of the day this was neat because my husband when he was working out he discovered that I had gotten uh, I had like logged us onto right now media which our church provides a subscription to and uh-huh. um, it has some all kinds of stuff it has kids shows it has sermon series oh, that's cool. it's really cool and so um, he had found a Francis Chan series and mm-hmm. and this particular passage was expounded on by Francis Chan. He was actually in Capernaum filming like on the street where Peter's house is, you know, it was pretty neat. Oh, wow. And so I think that was when this, this story took place. Was it Capernaum? Um, and so it's in Mark chapter two, verses three and five, where Jesus is speaking. People were crowded into this house and it wasn't, I don't know if it was Peter's house or not, or if it was just a random house in Capernaum, but, um, people were crowded out the door and it said some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on when Jesus saw their faith he said to the paralyzed man son your sins are forgiven Um, so today our prayer is for the sick and I loved this particular passage because I feel like as prayer warriors that we are a lot like the men in Mark two, like we come together, Mm -hmm. we we bring people to the feet of Jesus for healing. And sometimes the effort that it takes can feel like the effort that it must've taken these men to hoist this guy up Mm -hmm. onto the roof, dig a hole and figure out a way to lower him down. Like you got to get him up Mm -hmm. and then you've got to lower him down. And I think we go to Jesus on people's behalf. Like you said, sometimes it's on your knees, just sweating, blood, sweat, and tears, Yeah, mm-hmm. praying for healing. And right. Jesus' response at the end of this was, it, it kind of goes on and people were questioning him and saying, how could you, how could afterwards, there were people questioning saying, by what authority can you say that your sins are forgiven? And mm-hmm. You know, so, and Jesus goes on to say, well, what's easier to forgive the sin or, or to heal him? I mean, of course, forgiving sin is a greater and, right. you know, in their minds, more blasphemous claim. And he mm-hmm. said, but to show you that I have the power to heal him in his spirit. Okay. I guess I'll go ahead and allow him to walk, walk away. Right. 
And Mm -hmm. okay. So, so to me, number one, we go to Jesus and we pray like crazy for physical healing. And I think that sometimes Jesus chooses to heal physically and, and we see these miraculous answers to prayer, but I think that we minimize the other kind of miracle. And I think it's the greater miracle. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, I feel like, um, what we can learn from this is not to be discouraged when we don't see the physical miracle, um, Mm -hmm. that we also need to open our eyes and, and just pray as passionately as these four men prayed Mm -hmm. or as these four men fought, you know, to get this paralyzed friend to the rooftop and dig a hole and down. Um, but to open our eyes to the fact that there are different kinds of miracles and that Jesus is going to show up, you know, God is going to show up in our prayers for the sick. Right. But but to make sure that we open our eyes to both kinds of miracles and, and the physical as well as the spiritual miracles. Absolutely. Yeah. And to spend the same amount of energy or even more so praying for the spiritual healing than we do for the physical healing and something else. Like I, I agree with you. This is such a perfect, picture for prayer warriors you know like most of us either when you hear the story you either hear about okay here's a sick man or here's people who are mad because Jesus could forgive sins like that's sort of the angle but I always think that like yeah like let's focus on these men who carried him and I think it's at least in the Matthew version I don't have the Mark version up in front of me but it says when Jesus saw their faith yes he said to the paralytic like it was the faith of his friends Mm -hmm. that resulted in this guy's healing and I think that's so encouraging for us that our faith and our petitions and our intercession on behalf of others can lead to spiritual and physical healing for our friends Mm-hmm. Awesome. No, that was a great one. Yeah. All right. Well, let's pray. Let's do it. Lord God, we praise you for being Jehovah Rapha, the almighty God who heals. You restore those who are sick and hurting. You give rest to the weary and burdened. We thank you for all of the ways your healing takes place through signs and wonders and miraculous healings, through medical intervention and modern medicine through supernatural healing of emotional and spiritual brokenness. You bring order out of disorder. You bring peace out of chaos and you mend what is broken. We come before you today to intercede for those who are sick, particularly those with COVID-19, but all of those that are sick today in our lives, God. There are so many all over the world who are suffering right now. You know each one by name. You knew them before they were conceived and you love them with an everlasting love. Meet each one of them right where they are in their time of need. We pray for comfort for them, particularly if they're isolated from loved ones. Wash over them with your spirit, bringing them peace and even joy during this time of sickness. We pray for spiritual healing. For any of those who don't know you, we pray that you would draw them to yourself. For those who have never heard the name of Jesus, bring people into their lives or broadcasts of Christian services onto their computers to introduce them to the gospel. For those who have never taken the Bible seriously, we pray that you would get Bibles into their hands or let them hear your word through sermons or from friends or family or doctors or nurses. Move their hearts to believe. For those who have had bad experiences with Christianity, we pray that you would open their eyes to who Jesus really truly is and place people in their lives that will renew their hope in the love of Christ as they see it modeled through your children. Where there is shame or guilt or fear of approaching you, we pray 
that you would reveal your extravagant grace, love, and forgiveness. We pray for physical healing. We ask that you would allow those who are infected with COVID-19 to be identified and diagnosed quickly and accurately. We pray that you would help those who have mild symptoms but strong anxiety to be comforted and feel your peace as they wait for the virus to run its course. Give those who are waiting at home wisdom to know when to stay home and when to seek further help from a doctor or a hospital. For those already in hospitals, we pray that you would surround them with loving, caring doctors and nurses. Use Christians in the medical field and other patients even to offer them encouragement and hope as well as medical help. We ask that you would allow for everyone who needs a ventilator to have access to one. Remove any, bar any barriers keeping medical equipment from reaching those who need it most. We pray for Christians who are sick, Lord. We pray that you would strengthen their spirits, infuse them with a hope and a joy and a peace that will shine brightly to everyone around them. Use them to minister to others, even as they're being treated for illness. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, thank you. All right. Um, I'm off to watch some Broadway. Go watch some Broadway. I might be, be able to do the <laughs> same. So we'll, we'll take notes and exchange next time That'll we meet up. That'll be fun. All right. Sounds good. Have a really good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.